They've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome to the Bible with the Barbers. I hope you enjoyed the show with Tim and Jesse and myself. And I tried to tease you about today's topic with the rosary and the Bible, which came first. Mary Danielle Barber, are you reporting for duty, (laughs) ma'am? I am reporting for duty, sir. I love it. Well, we've been reporting to duty to each other for over 30 years, and I'm sure glad we have. And Mary, this is a fascinating topic today. Why don't you kind of peel through that like an onion for us, if you could? Well, a lot of people have misconceptions about the rosary, yeah. and so I wanted to um, just present, I actually, what happened was this was prompted by an app listener question, and oftentimes we have um, questions from the app listeners, mm-hmm. and they regard specifically the Bible, and this one, the question was very specific. It says, why, did you, why do you pray the rosary? Mm-hmm. And so I sat down and thought about it, and I thought, you know, this would be a good topic for the show. Let's let's go ahead and work through this in a show to say, why do we pray the rosary? And, you know, people say, well, which came first, the, first, the Bible or the church? So I thought, well, which came first, the Bible or the rosary? And why don't we look at that and actually work through that and try and come to an understanding of actually where did the rosary come from? What is it? What does it mean that we pray it? Is this a form of... Um, Mariolatry mm-hmm. or idolatry? Are we worshiping the Mother of God? Um, and so I thought this would be a great topic well, in this time. Well, Mary, now that you teased me, that will that will keep me. But I also we also do the readings of the Gospel for the Mass of the day. So now that you got me all excited about the Rosary, and this is something that for vo- most people who pray the daily Rosary, you're going to find this really supporting. Uh, the reason why you pray the rosary, and we're going to have some good insights on that. But Mary, can we actually uh, read from the gospel from today's Mass, and then let's have you give a little exegesis on that, please. Right, and today's gospel is from Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. And Jesus said to his disciples, this is from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, by the way, Mm -hmm. you are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste... With what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Mm-hmm. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do you light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house, just so your light must shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have in this gospel, Jesus is telling us we are the salt of the earth. And of course, we know salt. If you put too much salt in food, it mm-hmm. it, it it has salt has its own flavor. And if you get too much of it, you can't oh, it, taste it's anything but salt. <laughs> and it, it, you can't taste anything but the salt. And if all that's all you can, eat, you won't eat the food. Right. Oftentimes, people they just it's like no, you want to just you you put the salt on the food, it disappears into the food. You don't see it anymore because it dissolves, but it brings out it enhances flavor. And um, you want the flavor of the food to be enhanced. You don't want the salt to overtake it. Right. But so what we're supposed to do as Christians is be that that 
enhancement in society, but what is it that we're supposed to bring to society? Do we ask ourselves this question? We're supposed to bring Christ to society. Right. We're supposed to bring Jesus to the world and then bring the world back to Jesus. Amen. You know, the Jews had this mission in the Old Testament. They were supposed to bring the Lord to the, to the nations and bring the nations to the Lord. And oftentimes what happened in the Old Testament, and unfortunately this happens with us too as Christians, is that instead of them bringing the Lord to the nations and then bringing the nations to the Lord, they would follow the ways of the nations. We have to be like other people. We just want to fit in and not be different. We don't. We, and, and they stopped living out their mission of bringing the people to the, to the Lord. And they lost the Lord themselves because they stopped coming to the Lord. And as Christians, I, I fear that we've done this in our society yeah. in America. And this started a long time ago in the 1890s, in the 1920s. And it was like, we, we just need to be distracted from all the, oh, the heaviness of life and all the trials and the mm-hmm. crosses. And we just need to be distracted and entertained. And we bought into this lie that suffering is absurd and it's meaningless. And we just need to entertain ourselves and feel good. The reality is that all of our suffering has meaning when it's united to Christ. Jesus Christ redeemed the meaning of human suffering. And so we're supposed to be that salt where we are different. No, I'm not living to be entertained. I'm not living to be titillated. I'm not living to gratify the passions of my flesh. I am going to live a virtuous life with the help of God's grace so that I can make a difference in the world and make the world a better place. If I live in union with God every day, then that by its very fact makes the world a better place. And then I become salt to challenge other people to also live a virtuous life in union with God. Mary, let me, let me jump in for a minute here. You got me excited. And why I say that is we're living in a culture right now where everything is topsy-turny and we're having corruption and we have all kinds of riots going on and marching in the streets can, I made a connection on the Terry and Jesse show that once we started having the family break up 50 years ago with the contraception, the pill, we called it, and how people thought that uh, you know they separated the conjugal act of a husband and wife to just uh, having fun, so to speak, and pleasure without procreation and without responsibility. Would you agree that this is also causing some of the confusion in our culture to do all kinds of crazy things? They've lost the meaning and purpose of life, that's my question. Is there a connection? And I believe there is. And what's interesting about what you said there, do you realize in this whole contraceptive mentality what's happened? You see, in the conjugal act, pleasure is not the end. It's not the goal. It's a means to an end. Mm-hmm. And this, in this whole reversal of that, to make pleasure the end in itself, mm-hmm. To make it a purpose, it's expressed in society in what now? Even the foods we eat or the things we drink. We're supposed to eat food to nourish the body. We're supposed to drink water to hydrate the body. Mm -hmm. And now we have what? Foods that have no calories in them. What are calories? They're the, the heat energy that nourishes our body and gives it the energy it needs to sustain itself. But we've created foods that taste good to the palate and drink that tastes good to the palate, but 
but doesn't actually nourish the body or hydrate it. So are you telling me that's a contraceptive drink? In other well, it's words, not a contraceptive. I know, but it, it has, but it follows that mentality. It, yeah, though, the, pleasure without pleasure. consequences. That's my point. Exactly, and the pleasure has become the end in itself. Exactly. And you know what Saint Augustine said about pleasure? When when a culture makes pleasure an end in itself. Tell us. That's decadence. Well, we sure got that down. Decadent <laughs> culture, and that's what we have. We have this culture, yeah. and it's in you know, Pope John Paul II called it a culture of death. Where we no longer see life as a gift, yeah. we only see life as a means to pleasure. So now pleasure has become the end in and of itself. It's no longer the means to the end. Or So yes, we, it definitely ties in, and it, it, it does, it affects us. And it's interesting, Dr. Conrad Bars in his book, The Doctor of the Heart, that's his autobiography, mm-hmm. and he spent time, he worked with the French resistance during World War II. He got caught spent the last 18 months of the war in Buchenwald concentration camp. Mm -hmm. But he pointed something out. One of the reasons the country of France as a whole could not withstand the attack against the Nazis is because 150 years before World War II, France had given in to the contraceptive mentality there you go. and that pleasure-first culture. Mm-hmm. And the people in the cities had become soft and unable to fight for freedom. We will accept anything, including slavery and debauchery, to an evil power rather than fight for the truth and fight for the right. Because we're just living for pleasure. Now, you had the French peasants still. You had the French resistance. You had those people in France who hadn't given in to that pleasure culture, that contraceptive mentality. But those who did just collapsed. I mean, they just, there was no fight. There was no resistance to the Nazis other than those who hadn't given in to that. And that's what we have to do in our country. We have to rise up and we have to discipline ourselves and begin to live. And again, the light of the world. We have Christ. Are we shining forth or are we hiding Christ under a bushel basket and saying, oh, but I can't talk about Jesus in public and I can't bring the mm-hmm. Lord to the public arena because, oh, I might lose my tax, tax-free tax status or I might I might get persecuted or somebody might look at me funny or I might, like, I might lose friends. And, and it's like, wait a minute, are we living as if this world is the only life we have? Mm-hmm. What happened to our hope for heaven? Exactly. We have to let the light of Christ shine in and through us. Mother Teresa has this beautiful prayer that she prays, radiating Christ. Her, she and her sisters pray it after communion every single day. And I guess it actually came from St. John Henry Newman. Mm-hmm. But, it, it, you know, dear Jesus, penetrate and possess me so utterly that my life may be only a radiance of yours. And in part of the prayer, it says, live in me and shine through me so to shine that others will see the light. But the light, oh, Jesus, will be all from you. None of it will be from me. And this was the aspiration of her life, was to be this light of Christ walking around. And she did. Yeah. And God worked miracles through this woman. And so we have to be that light. We have to be that salt. And what's happened is if we're not willing to discipline ourselves and practice virtue in our own individual lives, we become soft. And when our pleasures are taken away from us, we begin to cry and whine, and we're not able to stand against evil. You just described our culture right now, Mary Danielle. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Bible and the rosary, which came first. You're listening to The Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Don't turn that dial. 
Help the Helpless, a Minnesota St. Paul nonprofit organization chaired by Father of Tear and volunteers, is humbly asking you for your kind support to help the poor and the handicapped children in India and Ecuador. Through financial support from the help of the helpless benefactors, the children are provided with clothing, food, education, shelter, and the teachings of the Catholic Church. The mission is to help children thrive and become self-sufficient young adults leading productive lives. We also provide aid to poor families in Ecuador with food baskets, medicines, medical assistance, and help with funeral needs for the deceased. The work in India is done by Father Antonio's organization, St. Mary's. In Ecuador, the work is being done by the Servant Sisters of the Home of Mother. You can call us at 877-762-8857. To learn more, please visit our website, www.helpthehelpless.org. God bless you. In 1 Corinthians 13, 13, St. Paul says, So there abide faith, hope, and love, these three. According to St. Ignatius of Antioch, faith is the beginning and love is the end. And God is the two of them brought into unity. Then comes everything else that makes up a Christian. May God grant that we may attain all the virtues that make for authentic followers of His Son. selling your home or your business property this is terry barber real estate for life underwrites the terry and jesse show and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world and when they receive their referral fee they will give 80 percent of it to a pro-life organization wow that's 80 percent realestateforlife.org 877-LIFE-US-1 Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. I teased you with the, which came first, the Bible or the Rosary? Mary Danielle, uh, that got me. So tell us a little bit about uh, the Bible and how the Rosary is tied into using the Bible. I'm all ears. And, and the first thing I want to say about the rosary is what it is not. Good. And, and I think this is so important. Mm-hmm. The rosary is not about worshiping Mary. Oh. Okay? The, 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 the rosary, we as Catholics do not worship the Blessed Virgin Mother. Right. She is a creature. She was made by God. All, everything that she has, all of her graces were given to her by God. Amen. But Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he really did become man. He really did take flesh in her womb. And she bore him for nine months in her womb. And then she nursed him at her breast probably mm-hmm. for three years because that was the biblical length that, that we have, that usually babies were breastfed for three years. And, and then she raised him in her home, all the time aware of the fact that he was the God-man, the Savior. She had been told who he was. And so she is looking at him and Jesus as a human being. He was not a human person. He was a divine person who took to himself a human nature, but he kept 
all the commandments of God perfectly in his human nature. The fourth commandment, honor thy father and mother. Honor, the, the word, the Hebrew word there, kabodah, means bestow glory upon. And so Jesus honored his mother. And we honor Mary in imitation of Christ, not in place of Christ. Mm-hmm. We don't worship Mary. We don't adore her. Adoration belongs to God alone. Amen. But even in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it says, I will honor these godly men. They're talking about the righteous who have kept the law of God. And in the assembly of the faithful, their names shall be told. So the scripture does have a precedent for us telling the names of those who have kept God's law. Why? Because we're, oh, oh my word, we should bow down before them. No, to glorify God in the work that he's done in and through them. Beautiful. So how does this tie into the rosary? So we're not, we're not, first of all, we're not worshiping Mary. Nope. So what are we doing in the rosary? What is this all about? Well, for anyone who doesn't know, the rosary is a collection of prayers. We begin with the creed. And by the way, I think, I believe with all major Protestant denominations, we share the creed. It's the the Apostles' Creed, the articles of the faith, the things that we believe. Now, Mm -hmm. granted, you won't find the creed in scriptures as the creed, but all of the truths of the faith that are in the creed are from scripture. But this is our basic profession of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, was buried, rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body. These are the basic articles of faith. And so we start the rosary with the creed, our basic profession of faith. That faith is a profession in our faith in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity. So that's, that's our basic profession. Of course, we start as Catholics, all of our prayers with the sign of the cross. Why? We were delivered from death by the cross, mm-hmm. and it's in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The, the most profound mystery of our faith, that God is one, but God is three. He is not a solitude unto himself. He is a trinity of persons. He is a communion of love and life. And so we acknowledge that. And the prayers of the rosary, well, where did they come from? Well, the Our Father. Who taught us the Our Father? We say the Our Father, and in the rosary what you have is you have decades. You, you, you have groups of ten. Mm-hmm. You say ten Hail Marys. You begin... You, you introduce a mystery, you say an Our Father, and then you say ten Hail Marys. And are you just, well, by the way, we're not supposed to just be mindlessly wording lip, lip, you know, lip service. We are supposed to be meditating upon the mystery. So you have these mysteries of the rosary. The first joyful mystery is the Annunciation. It's from the Gospel. It's in the Gospel of Luke, where the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and announces to her, that God wants her to be his mother. And she says, let it be to me according to thy word. So we meditate on that. What does this mean? That, you know, 
was there anything in the Old Testament that told us that God was going to do this? Oh, Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between her seed and yours. It will strike at your head while you strike at its heel. And so the woman was foretold that there would be a woman who would bring forth the Savior. Mm-hmm. And this was the hope of the Jews. And every Jewish woman hoped that she would be the mother of the Savior. Right. That was her prayer, almost. And so we have these mysteries that we get from the Scripture. They're from the Gospels. So we're meditating upon the mystery. We're looking at, let's say, the Annunciation. We look at the Annunciation. What does this mean? How, was, how does Christ becoming man um, fulfill the prophecies and fulfill? And so there's a lot to think about. And, and we say ten Hail Marys as we meditate on, so that the rosary becomes a conversation with God where we talk to him and listen to him. God speaking to us about his plan for our salvation, and we giving him glory and thanking him for his plan, that he has so desired to save us, that even when we sinned, even when we turned away from him and lost his friendship, as the Proto-Evangelium, the first good news was in Genesis 3.15, mm-hmm. when God said, okay, yeah, you sinned, but I will put enmity between the devil, the, he was talking to the serpent, and the woman. The woman. Beautiful. She's there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. The woman. Not because she's God, but because God would create a human being who would cooperate so completely in his plan that he would be able to bring about salvation with the help of her cooperation. This wasn't my plan. This is God's plan. And so, okay, the Hail Mary. They say, well, why do you say the Hail Mary? Well, have you ever read the Gospel of Luke? Mm-hmm. And and the angel said to her, Hail, full of grace, mm-hmm. the Lord is with thee. You know, Hail, she who has the fullness of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. So those words of the Hail Mary come from Scripture. And then when she goes immediately to visit her cousin Elizabeth after the Annunciation, which the the visitation is the second joyful mystery. Elizabeth, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? So under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth calls Mary the mother of her Lord, the mother of God. Holy Mary, Mother of God. Well said. And so, well said. Let me yeah. let me just jump in, Mary, and just say one thing. I know people are listening and going, "Well, this is the explanation I wanted to have to send to my brother, my sister, and telling them why I pray the Rosary every day." This will be on our podcast, folks, and you could send your friends to listen. I just wanted to jump in and say that because, Mary, what you're doing is you're teaching us, you know, the meditation of praying the rosary, that it's not just saying words, but continue, please. Right. And you know what's interesting? We get, it's like anything. When we get familiar with it, yeah. we get complacent about it. Right. And someone, as a matter of fact, a priest recently was saying that, oh, don't worry about the fact that you can't go to Mass every day. There were lots of saints who couldn't go to Mass every day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all all right. You know, as a matter of fact, going to Mass every day, well, you might get so familiar with it that you, you're not really paying attention and you're not, 
um, you actually become contemptuous to some mm. extent. Familiarity can breed contempt. Sure. Well, wait a minute. So do we stop going to mass every day so that we don't get contemptuous and, from, and overly familiar? Or do we stir up within ourselves ardor so that when we go to mass, we participate more fully? Right. That we engage our whole being in that. This is prayer. The rosary is prayer. And prayer is supposed to be a loving conversation with someone who loves us. It's supposed to move us. We're supposed to, in prayer, we look at what God is doing, and then we are supposed to glorify him and praise him and give glory to his name and thank him and, and bless him. And, and, of course, we need the grace every day to be faithful to him. And so it should move us. And the Blessed Virgin Mary's cooperation with God, we shouldn't look at her and say, as, as one Protestant minister said once when he was debating Jerry Maddox, Oh, mm-hmm. she's nothing special. She's just a dirty rag that God used mm-hmm. and threw aside. I was aghast. <laughs> I thought, that's blasphemy. Exactly. He's, not, he's not insulting the Blessed Virgin Mary. He's committing blasphemy against God. Yeah. He's saying that, you know what? God sees you as a bunch of dirty rags. He uses you and throws you aside. Excuse me? Is this what Jesus Christ taught us? Nope. Or is it that in our fear that we might give too much honor to his mother, do we actually end up denigrating God? I was shocked. I was. I was. <laughs> I remember that. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there at the debate. I was listening. I know. on the radio, and I was just, oh my gosh! I was like, wait a minute. And so, yeah, you know, don't, as they say, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Right. You know. Don't be so afraid that you're going to offend God by honoring his mother. Jesus honored his mother. And yes, we honor Mary when we pray the rosary. But, but why? What is, this, what is this whole thing about the rosary? Where does it come from? And where does this tie into, mm. you know, my, my title for this particular show? Right. Where did I get this idea? And um, I want to tell you a story in the second section about where I did get this idea for this title and what what my answer is to that title, which did come first. Well, Mary, can I jump in? I know the Bible, the uh, the rosary, but I want to jump in because it's a Father Fessio story that Mary's going to tell our listeners. And so I think you're going to want to come back and listen. I jump in because there's good news, Mary Danielle. Uh, The city up in in Madison, Wisconsin— has dropped the 50-person limit in church services because the bishop stood up to the government, public department in Madison, and said, no, you let the malls have lots of people? Why are you prejudiced against us churches? And so they went to court with the attorney, and guess what? 25% of the capacity of the church is what people can use now in Madison because the bishop stood up to the people, and he said this in his article, that's part of my job is to be able to get people to worship God in a safe manner, and we're doing that. And this 50-person, you know, in a big cathedral is ridiculous. Mary Danielle, I just love it when a bishop stands up for his children. Spiritual fatherhood at its best. Hey, you're listening to the Bible. You're listening to the Bible with the Barbers. When Mary comes back, she's going to tell a story of Father Fessio, founder of Ignatius Press, and how the rosary changed his own position on the rosary in the Bible. You're we're going to be right back. Don't turn that dial. I hope you're going to share this with lots of people and I hope they start praying the rosary every day. We'll be right back.
this is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year-round. May God bless you and your family. Healthcare news today seems to be coming from everywhere and everyone. It's confusing, at least, and untrustworthy at the worst. Dr. Asetta is a faithful Catholic in the Kern County community. He is trustworthy, well-researched, and will only give expert opinion on matters in his own specialty. Catholic teaching at its entirety is of utmost importance to Dr. Asetta. Give Dr. Asetta a call for your obstetrics and gynecological needs at 661-695-6617. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. Wow, Mary Danielle, you got me on the edge of my seat because of Father Fessio, the founder of Ignatius Press. We're talking about the Bible and the rosary. And Father had a beautiful testimony of the power of, of the rosary and how it affected him in his early years as a priest. Could you share that story? Well, Father Fessio told us this call, this story when we were in, when I was in college in, in class one day, he told us about, uh, you know, growing up in his family, he said he didn't remember ever praying together as a family. Not he said, I don't even remember if we prayed grace before meals, but anyway, he became a Jesuit and, and as a Jesuit in the novitiate, the, they pray the rosary together. At least they did back then. I don't know if they still do. But they prayed the rosary together. But when they became what they called juniors, um, they no longer were required to pray it in community. It was left up to them whether they prayed it. And he just never did because he had never prayed it growing up. And then he became a, a priest and a theologian. And um, But when he was first ordained as a priest, the he, part of his assignment was to be giving retreats. And he kept being assigned to give retreats to these Irish nuns. And, you know, these Irish nuns, they, you know, they would give retreat. And, and during retreats, oftentimes people come in conferences, they want some spiritual direction. And Father would always ask, you know, um, was, you know, how many vocations in your family? And he said every, every one of them had at least two vocations. Many of them had many more. And he said, well, was there ever any family prayer in your family? And he said, every one of them said the rosary. We prayed the rosary every day. And one sister came in one time, oh, yes, Father, we prayed the rosary every day. And one year during Lent, my father decided that we'd pray all 15 decades. In those days, there were 15. Now they're 20. We'll get to that later. <laughs> um, all 15 decades. And, and, you know, 
when that was over, he decided that works so well, we just continued to do that. And, and Father Fessio was, he said, you know, I'm a very practical man. <laughs> Theologically, it didn't make any sense to me at all. But practically, it sure seemed to work. Families that prayed the rosary had vocations. Mm-hmm. Priests and religious came out of those families. So he said, yeah, maybe I better. So he started, he knew the rosary, so he started praying it. And he was praying the rosary. And one night he was praying the rosary in a, in a building uh, at USF that had actually been financed by um, government funds. And he's praying the rosary, and this, his meditation was on the irony of him praying the rosary in a federally funded building. You know? mm-hmm. But as he was praying it, part of his meditation was also, this is so ridiculous. Yep. How many of the saints never prayed the rosary? The rosary in the form that we know it today was given to St. Dominic by our Blessed Mother in, what, the 1100? Yes. So he, Father Fessio, of course, knowing history and knowing the church history very well, was going back through the first thousand years of church history to name so many saints who never prayed the rosary. And he's like, this is ridiculous. And then he got to the thought, and besides which, our Blessed Mother never prayed the rosary. And he said that thought stopped him. And then he said it, he continued, when he continued to pray the rosary, but he continued to think about a month. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the month, a light dawned on him. (laughs) Our Blessed Mother never prayed the rosary because our Blessed Mother lived the rosary. Well said. It's a garden. Roses. Rosary. It means a garden. It's a garden wherein God grows and he fills you with his life and his presence our blessed mother as when the angel came she said be it let it be to me according to your word god became incarnate in her womb and mary treasured all these things and pondered on them in her heart she continuously meditated upon the work that god was doing the salvation of mankind the promised messiah he had finally sent After thousands of years of waiting, the Messiah was here. Adam and Eve's no to God was being reversed. And she meditated upon these things. She pondered them and treasured them in her heart. And her whole life from that moment on was lived against what backdrop? Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The words of the angel and the words of Elizabeth, which came directly from God. Yes. And this became the constant backdrop of everything she did. So she's looking at God, her son, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Blessed Trinity incarnate in her womb first. But then she gives birth to him, the third joyful mystery, the birth of Jesus at Bethlehem. She presents him in the temple, the fourth joyful mystery. She, she, she loses him when he's 12 years old and finds him after three days in the temple, the fifth joyful mystery. Mm-hmm. And she meditates on this and she continues. She continues in the public life of our Lord to follow him. The first mystery of his public life the baptism of Jesus at the Jordan. Mm -hmm. The second mystery of his public life is his first miracle, which was prompted at his mother's asking. The wedding feast at Cana, where she told him, and she didn't ask for a miracle. She said, they have no more wine. She left it up to him what he was going to do. But what was her word to us? 
and to the servants there. Do whatever he tells you. Mary's not trying to take the limelight away. She's not trying to get people to look at her. Look at Jesus. But she's meditating on this. And she's watching her son. And she's looking at him. And she's seeing God present among us. Emmanuel. God is with us. And she's constantly living. Mm -hmm. Yes, God, Emmanuel, God with us. And she's constantly living this mystery Mm -hmm. and communing with God, Mm -hmm. carrying on a dialogue with God and listening to God listening, this listening heart, so that when the angel came to her, she didn't say, oh, yes, I'll do it. I'll get right on it. I'll... No, it wasn't about, I will do, I will do, I will do. It wasn't about go, 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 go. It was, let it be to me according to thy word. Well, wow. Mm-hmm. And so this is what the rosary is. Mm-hmm. We, Mary was the first one who lived the rosary. And we're supposed to be living the rosary in our life as Christians as we go through our life and consider the mighty works of God, that he is faithful to his promise. He keeps his promise. And all of the mysteries of the rosary are from Scripture. They're all from Scripture, including the last two, the two glor- last two glorious mysteries, which are the Assumption of Mary into Heaven and the Coronation of Mary. It's in the book of Revelation. And so we have this beautiful rose garden, this garden of God that he has planted and that he will bring to fruition and he will cause to grow in our lives. And this is what Mary did. And again, all of these mysteries, you have the five joyful mysteries. You have the five luminous mysteries now. Pope John Paul II added these mysteries of light the mysteries that involve the public life of our Lord, the light of the world now coming and making himself manifest to the world. So we're meditating on his baptism, the first miracle, the wedding feast at Cana, his proclamation of the kingdom in the third mystery, his transfiguration, where he shows himself. He takes away the veil that hides the light, and he shows the light to Peter, James, and John, Mm -hmm. there with Moses and Elijah on Mount Tabor. And then the, the fifth luminous mystery, where he institutes the most holy eucharist and we as we meditate on these things we are imitating the blessed virgin mary and the point of it was what her point to become more docile to the will of god to become more united to the will of god Mm -hmm. and to become more like her son you know it's interesting Jesus takes all of his DNA from his mother. That's right. Because, and so physically, he must have looked very much like Mary. <laughs> you bet. But Mary gets all of her graces from her son. Yep. We don't say Mary's immaculate conceived because she merited something. It's because God chose her to be his mother. And so in view of the merits of her son, Amen. this grace is given to her. Her spiritual DNA comes from her son. Right. Everything that Mary has comes from Jesus spiritually. Everything that Jesus has in the human realm, in terms of his DNA, his looks, they come from Mary because he only has a human mother. But Mary spiritually, all of her spiritual DNA comes from Jesus. And this is not about, you know, 
saying that Mary is above Jesus. This is about saying, Mary, take my hand and lead me to Jesus, your son. You know, mother of God, mother of man, please bring your Jesus into our world again. Long ago, the world stood in darkness, and you were the dawn of a new day. For in your womb, you bore the Holy One to take our sin and sadness away. We're not asking her to take the place of Jesus. We're asking her to take us to Jesus. Yep, true devotion. Like a mother, true devotion. And, and, and again, this is one of the mysteries of the rosary. Where do we get the idea that Mary's supposed to be our mother? At the foot of the cross, Jesus says to Mary, Woman, behold your son. And he wasn't denigrating her there any more than he was denigrating her at the wedding feast of Cana when he called her woman. Mm -hmm. When he calls her woman, he's going back to Genesis 3.15. She is the woman that is at enmity with Satan because there is no sin in her. Because God preserved her from sin. God did this work in her. So we glorify God for the work he did. We praise the glory of his name. And so he said, woman, behold thy son. And then he looked at John and said, behold thy mother. And John represents all of mankind there. We are all Mary's children. Mm. Well, if Jesus Christ is our brother, don't brothers and sisters have the same mother? Absolutely. In right order, when things are in right order. (laughs) Mary, let let me jump in and say the fourth commandment that we all are obligated to implement is honor thy father and thy mother. And Jesus did that so well, and let's face it, the Bible says we're supposed to be imitating Jesus, and then St. Paul says, be imitators of me as I imitate Jesus. So if we don't have devotion to Mary that leads us to Christ, we're missing a huge part of the gospel. That's why my, I, feel, I feel sad for my Protestant brothers who think that somehow we're taking something away from Jesus when we have devotion to Mary. Just the opposite! So, Mary, you've got a great explanation on the rosary. When we come back, what can I tease everybody with? When we come back, we want to look at some of the mysteries of the rosary, and let's talk a little bit about how to really make this a fruitful prayer so that it really becomes the biblical prayer that it is. Well said. Don't forget the men's conference coming up this Saturday, June 13th. Go to Virgin Most Powerful Radio to sign up for that. We'll come right back with more of the Bible and the rosary on the Bible with the Barber. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year-round. May God bless you and your family. How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? 
How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby, inside and out of the womb. Not just after birth, but nine months before, at conception. That's right, every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show, and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. It sounds to me like all the comments I'm having, they're loving this explanation on the rosary. And this will be on our podcast tonight. So if you have friends that uh, maybe just misunderstand the rosary, Mary Danielle's explanation could be very helpful for that. So just send them the link to watch this or to listen to this talk regarding the Bible and the rosary. Mary, you teased us with more meditations from the Bible with the rosary. Can you can you uh, communicate a little bit more on that for us? Okay, and what I want to do here is we look, we, we, we've talked about the fact that, the, you know, the Blessed Mother lived this rosary. And remember, when she was living this, so, so before any book of the New Testament was ever written, our Blessed Mother is already living the rosary. And who is she living it with? She's living it in union with Jesus and St. Joseph. Right. And so you have this lived reality going on. And this is what our Christian life is supposed to be, that lived reality of union with God. Mary lived in closest union with God. And, this, and the person who was closest to Jesus besides Mary on this earth was St. Joseph. And so they teach us how to pray and how to live in union with Jesus. And I suggest for people, when you pray the rosary, one of the ways to remember that this is a biblical prayer is the fact, go to the Gospels. Okay, the first... I think we just lost her. She'll come right back. I want to remind everybody that uh, praying the daily rosary is also part of the message of Our Lady of Fatima as part of the peace plan. So if you're listening and saying, hey, I'd like to get my, I'd love to get my family to pray the rosary, maybe listening to this podcast will help you get that. I know the engineer is trying to get my wife back on the line, and when she's back, just give me a thumbs up, and she'll continue to explain some of the mysteries of the rosary by reading the Bible. I know some saints have said that the uh, the rosary is like a fifth gospel. Why? Because all the mysteries are taken right from the gospel. And it's just a simple prayer for anyone to be able to pray. I have a friend who's listening right now who was a Protestant here in my own city. And 
he wanted to learn how to pray the rosary, and, well, that helped him come into the Catholic Church. So don't think that uh, having that not okay. I think we got Mary back on. Mary, continue. <laughs> We're back. It's okay. All right, we got cut off there for just a second. But, yeah. but so, so the mysteries are there. And then, of yes. course, the birth of Jesus is in Luke 2, but it's not just in Luke 2. Yes. You can look at Matthew's gospel also for the birth of Jesus. The mm-hmm. infancy narratives come from Matthew and, and Luke. And then you have the presentation of the temple mm-hmm. is from Luke 2. Yep. Um, and um, Jesus is presented in the temple in the second chapter of Luke, verses 22 and following. And then um, you have the... When Jesus was in the temple, were found in the temple by his parents when he was 12 years old, is also in the Gospel of Luke. And you don't have to limit yourself to meditating on the Gospel, but this is the place to start. And then the, the, the luminous mysteries, and we've already mentioned some of them, the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan. Go to that, the, the accounts in the Gospels and read those. Meditate on those. The wedding feast at Cana where Mary points out to him a need and allows Jesus the total, you know, Jesus, I'm bringing a need to you. You do what you're going to do. And she tells the people, you do whatever he tells you. Mm -hmm. She's not controlling the situation. She's putting everything in the hands of the Lord. And then you have, of course, from the Gospels, you have the proclamation of the kingdom, which runs, it's a thread that runs through the Gospels. And of course, the first beginning is Jesus says, repent and believe the good news. And then you can go on, you know, and there are other places in his public life that you can bring into that. And then you have the transfiguration. And again, those, that, that is in the Gospel. Right. And then you have the institution of the Eucharist from the Last Supper in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And for the, the sorrowful mysteries, of course, you have the agony in the garden. Sure. You have Jesus' scourging at the pillar, his right. crowning with thorns, mm-hmm. his carrying of the cross, and his crucifixion. Right. And go to the Gospels and read these. I remember as a child, my father would try to teach us how to pray. Mm-hmm. Because we prayed the rosary nightly. And he would notice some nights that we were particularly distracted. And when we were, he would sit us down afterwards, and he would talk to us about prayer. And, and he actually talked to us about the prayer, like the Our Father. When you say the Our Father, stop and think about what every phrase means, mm-hmm. you know? And, and then when he, would, he talked about the Hail Mary, what does this mean? These are the words of God, hail full of grace. What does it mean to be full of grace? Now, I remember he explained to us, okay, take, take a vessel and fill it so that there's take all the air out of it. There's nothing in it, but and, and absolutely there's no more room for anything else. But, and so Mary is this, she has this fullness of grace that, that the Greek word actually means she who has the absolute fullness, the absolute perfection of grace. And, and, you know, so in addition to the mysteries of the rosary, there's the mysteries contained in the prayers. Right. And, and so we pray this and we pray it as a means to, you know, we, what is it? You will believe as you pray. Mm-hmm. If we pray well, we will live well. <laughs> if we live well, all will be well, right? Man, that's because Saint Augustine. Die well. Yep. Yeah, and so in our prayer, <laughs> we want to approach God and allow God into our hearts, so that He can transform us into the living image of Himself. Just like he transformed his mother and St. Joseph into living images of himself, 
He wants to transform us into livid images of himself. Beautiful. And so this is why we pray the rosary. You know, at the end of the rosary, we have this prayer. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ, that we may both imitate by meditating on these mysteries of the most holy rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, that we may both imitate what they contain and obtain what they promise. What do they contain? They contain the absolute unreserved obedience to the will of God, of his son, of his blessed mother, of St. Joseph. No reservation, complete, total obedience to God in everything. And what do they promise? They promise us heaven, a life of union with God for all eternity, Mm. if we are faithful. And so it's not about making the Blessed Mother into a goddess. That would be false, and she would be offended because it offends her son. Idolatry offends God. And so she would be terribly offended. No, she wants us to become like Jesus. She wants us to, you know, like St. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Our Mm -hmm. Blessed Mother would say, imitate me as I imitate my son. Right. Do whatever he tells you. So we have these great mysteries. And, of course, the mysteries of glory. Remember, death isn't the end of the story. Don't stop at the fifth sorrowful mystery. (laughs) I remember once reading, never pray the sorrowful mysteries without praying the glorious mysteries. That's right. Because death is not the end of the story. Jesus rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and he sent the Holy Spirit to complete the work that he had begun. The Holy Spirit continues working in the church the work that Jesus had begun. Yep. And the Blessed Mother assumed into heaven? Well, in the book of Revelation, it says at the end of chapter 11 that in the heavens God's temple opened, and in his temple the Ark of the Covenant could be seen. Mm. Wait a minute, the Ark of what covenant? This is the New Testament, the Ark of the Covenant. The fathers of the church said Mary is the Ark of the New Covenant because Jesus Christ is the establisher and the the New Covenant. He is the New Covenant between God and man. And Mary was the Ark of the New Covenant. She is in heaven, and John saw the Ark of the Covenant in the temple of God in heaven. And why do we think she's crowned in heaven? Because a woman was clothed with the sun. Revelation 12. Yeah. And, under her, and on her head was a crown of 12 stars. Yep. Yep. And how do we know it's Mary? Because <laughs> she labored to give birth. And who did she give birth to? A male child who was destined to rule the nations with an iron rod, whom the serpent could not get near. The devil couldn't touch him. But God also didn't let the devil touch his mother. Right. And so this this beautiful what god does if we begin to meditate and there's a lot of this doesn't take away the trials of life okay life is full of trials jesus didn't come to eradicate human suffering he came to fill it with his presence Mm. he fills us with his presence it doesn't take away the suffering but it transforms everything it fills it with god's presence reclaim this country, reclaim your home, reclaim your neighborhood for God by going out there and walking around your block, walking around your house, walking around your parish, walking around your town, praying the mysteries of the rosary, bringing God's presence into our public life again. 
We need to bring God back. This nation, United States of America, was founded under God. And someone asked me last night in an apt listener question about patriotism. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are called to be patriotic. It's a virtue. We should love our country. That doesn't mean we have to condone any crimes or evils that were done by our country. But we acknowledge the great good that God has done in America and with the help of America in the world. That's right. You know, what, what did it say in the, in the gospel today? Let your light shine before men so that they might see your good deeds and give glory to God. America has been an incredibly generous nation in feeding the poor, in bringing medical help to the sick, in sending it just, but, but we need to pray for our country because America now also has this darkness that has crept in. That's right. We're, we're promoting there are people in our country who are promoting the culture of death all over the world. Yep. People from the United States promoting the culture of death. Mm. We have to pray for their conversion. We're not praying that God condemn anyone. We're praying that he save us all. We're all in this together. Yep. <laughs> Very good priest friend of ours, Father William, he says, you know, we're all hoping that we have the three days of darkness and God <laughs> comes and wipes out all the bad guys. <laughs> he said, wait a minute. If he wipes out all the bad guys, who's going to be left? Yeah. We're all sinners. We're all in this together. Like Bishop Sheen said to the prisoners, gentlemen, yep. there's only one difference between you and I. You got caught, and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I love We're it. We're all sinners. That's right, Mary. We're all sinners. Mary, I, this is a program that they folks can take and put it as a podcast and send to their friends on why we pray the rosary and is it a biblical prayer. You've done a very good job explaining all that. And I'm going to say it right on the air. I hope I can take you to lunch after this. I got much to talk to you about. Folks, one of these days you can come with me and my wife to lunch, but uh, right now we're not able to do that. Hey, Mary, we're down to the end, so thank you very much. And I want to remind everybody, this weekend the men's conference is coming up with Jesse Romero, Ruben Nava, and Tim Gordon. And then then, uh, the following week, June 20th, Steve Ray will be there to do a virtual pilgrimage of the Holy Land, taking you through the Old Testament, New Testament, show it all there. Thanks again for joining us with the Bible with the Barbers. May God richly bless you and your family. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole Church, grant it love and the light of thy Spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to Thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou Thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great High Priest, may the power of Thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of Thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin most powerful, pray for us. Virgin most powerful radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.